Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, let's get after it. Wednesday edition of the show. Louis Rabot, Zach Cantrell. Might get Duffel around soon. We'll do some cold cuts at 11. This is Rabo Co. here, ESPN 680, 1057. Thanks for making us part of your very dreary, very what are we doing with this weather Wednesday edition of the show. I, um... I just, Zach, I live in one of these neighborhoods with a bunch of old big trees, and we've got a bunch of very, you know, soaked trees now that are going to freeze soon. Not excited about it. Not going to lie about it. But oh, how are you, you think, this morning? You doing oh, you, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. You good. think this is bad? Uh, wait till next <laughs> Tuesday. It's like negative seven for a low. We'll be wishing for this balmy weather. But I mean, I got tired of hearing myself talk yesterday. I did parts of four shows yesterday and i think i just went at home and sat in silence because i was tired of my own voice so i'm sure everybody else was as well well there you go we'll have <laughs> a we'll, we'll tell zach to shut up until 11 how's that all right well i'm like i said i'm louis Bell. thanks for hanging out with us this morning Four three seven nine six eighty on our ups jobs text line make sure you get in there uh with all of your takes let's open though with the cats topping mizzou last night at rup and this is a team you know and and i'm sure gandolfo told you why they're going to lose every game the rest of the season on the postgame show and we'll have him on in a minute. We'll talk about that. But we have an interesting conundrum now all of a sudden in Kentucky. And it's something that was underneath the surface for a long time. And it was something that we knew was at least a possibility. And that was that Rob Dillingham was going to start doing Rob Dillingham things in a more serious way. Or that he would have these kinds of games. Where he goes 6 for 7. Super efficient 23 points on 7 shots. Right? Gets to the line a bunch. Makes all of his three-pointers, does these things. Looks like, I was just talking to Steve Rummage in the back. and Because I want to, <laughs> i got to run this take by Steve Rummage before I just spew it in front of whoever happens to be listening to this show. And he looked like a sophomore Russ Smith last night. In the very best way. And ironically, Calipari's reacting to him the same way that Patino reacted to Russ Smith. <laughs> For guys that love to feel like they're in control, to feel like they are part of Every single play on offense especially, right? Not necessarily every defensive uh, possession. Those roll different ways. But having a say on how those things are developing on the offensive end. When you got a Rob Dillingham in the game, good luck. (laughs) Just good luck. 19 minutes, 23 points last night. Still uh, manages to have two steals and two assists as well. And so the conundrum has been for me this whole season. How good is Justin Edwards and what does this lineup look like? He had the flashes last night where you see what he looks like what he's capable of, but he misses his other five shots. So he goes two for seven, right? Doesn't hit any of his threes, misses his one free throw attempt. 
And so I don't know if Gandolfo spent a bunch of time talking Dillingham and why he's worried about Dillingham when it's Edwards that's the guy that we can't figure out. And I'm, I'm interested going forward what this looks like because it isn't as though you can just insert Dillingham into any spot that Edwards is playing, even though they're both technically guards. Edwards does have a, an incredible size advantage on Rob Dillingham. They are different builds of players. And they're different types of players, frankly. But you have a lineup that's essentially set. DJ Wagner's going to be at the one. He's going to be your point guard. And he should be, by the way. Last night was was one of those games where I don't know how much we really noticed DJ Wagner, but he played well. Trey Mitchell's going to play in my goodness. That guy is more than just a glue guy. He's better than glue. He is. He's better than a glue guy. He's efficient. He's smart. He's. <laughs> there was a moment where I thought he might want to throw hands with a dude from Mizzou. And then you could tell he had the mental clarity to go, I'm not throwing hands with a dude from Mizzou. <laughs> and then you've got, so you've got Trey Mitchell. You've got DJ Wagner. Antonio Reeves is going to start, and that's fine. And I think he's a fine player. I think he's a very good shooter. I think last night he didn't have a great night, and it didn't matter. Now, to his credit, this is what great shooters do. He's not great from the three-point line. He forces the action, gets gets to the free-throw line a bunch of times, makes all of his free-throws. That's right. That's what you do when it's not falling from the outside. He was able to go do that and make sure that he was still a contributor for the team last night. So those three guys are going to play, and then Aaron Bradshaw is the fourth. He's going to play. He's going to start, and he should start. That's right. I thought last night one of the real positives, if we're talking about individual plays and little things, trying to pick up those clues about how this team is going to develop and how it's going to turn into a deep tournament-type run team. What does that have to look like? What does that look like going forward? And that's why the Dillingham conversation is so interesting because it's not a we-know-what-we're-getting-every-night-from-Rob-Dillingham thing. In the same way, frankly, that you don't know what you're going to get from a Justin Edwards every night. But Aaron Bradshaw's becoming a guy where we know. And he had moments last night, especially on the defensive end, where he was making rebounding plays that I don't think we saw in the first couple of games of the season for him. Now, I'll have to look here. I don't remember how many total games Aaron Bradshaw's played. He has played five at home, seven total. And he's averaging five rebounds a game right now. But he got six last night, all of them on the defensive end. And, you know, if you're going to talk... In the previous game, you know, oh, they beat Illinois State, but they gave up all these offensive rebounds. If you're going to worry about that and then they do a good job of it in the next game, that's what we should mention. Aaron Bradshaw did a good job. There were numerous times where he used his athleticism to overcome a physical challenge against another player on the Mizzou front line. And I thought that that was a nice thing to see if he's going to become a good defensive rebounder going forward. Not a bad one, but I think he's very average at this point. I think he can get a lot better. And I think last night you saw flashes of the fact that he can, in fact, get better. But who's that fifth guy? Is Edwards still that fifth guy? Play 20 minutes last night. And I think part of last night in the 20 minutes, and you saw it from Cal. You saw the reaction when Edwards comes to the bench after making a couple of buckets. He makes that one Euro step uh, uh, layup and then hits another shot. And I wonder if someone just needs to go to him and say, look, we have three-point shooting on this team. We don't need you to be that guy. Now, obviously, if you're wide open, take your three-pointer. You're Justin Edwards. You're the number one, two, three, whatever guy in the class. You're supposed to be a top five pick. 
If you're open, take the shot. But man, really, your best play, the way that you are helping us the most, is to go ahead and just attack the basket. Yeah. I wonder if you could walk. If you could, if someone could go up to him and say those things to him, if he's coachable that way. And a texter has texted in this tweet from last night from Kyle Tucker and Rob Dillingham talking about being coached by Cal. And quote, and how other coaches have tried but didn't have the uh, the other talent to be able to bench him when he went to rogue the way Cal can and has. It's interesting that Dillingham talks about it that way. And I do wonder if we're handling on the ground there in Lexington. And we, by the way, now, <laughs> meaning media, I've said we a lot today. Because he is a freshman. And I wonder if people are just being kind of, hey, do you feel good about how the season's going so far? I think it's a totally legitimate question for Justin Edwards. I don't think you have to be mean about it. I don't think you have to be ugly about it. I just think if you go to Justin Edwards, who is a top five prospect in this class, who goes to Kentucky, a place where John Calipari has shown that freshmen are contributors. If he thought that he'd be averaging nine points and and four rebounds a, a game right now. Now, on its face, if I told you that before the season, oh, Edwards is going to come in and he's going to go nine and four. You might have been okay with that. <laughs> Texter Louie, don't say Eurostep. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> but is nine and four what you need from Justin Edwards? When, I mean, one assist a game, essentially, one steal a game. He's not really turning the ball over, so at least he has that. But I'm not sure what his value is within this starting lineup, except that they're winning games. And so we're at this point in the season now where we're going to have to start asking the question, is good enough good enough? Or does Kentucky need to try something else so that they go to whatever the next step is for them? Because this team is not winning the national title in its current form. Can they? They absolutely can in my mind. We watched Purdue lose last night in Nebraska. We watched Houston 14-0 run to start the game. They're down. Can't make it all the way back. Uh, Was that Iowa State? Yeah. Iowa State. And I do wonder going forward if this is the moment, if we're getting close to that moment at least, where Cal starts to really shorten things up, right? Onyenso gets like eight minutes last night. Obviously, when Adu comes back, there's going to be questions about where Thierro fits into that lineup as well. But Dillingham, Shepard, you know what they are. You know what you have. You know what you have coming off the bench. And there seems to be a real emphasis and a real impetus for Cal to play them together. And I want to be fair to Cal here. That has worked really well. It has worked really well. Having those two available and essentially pairing them together. And I don't think, by the way, coming draft time, that anyone's going to go, well, Dillingham, you came off the bench. We're not going to draft you. I don't think that's it. Or or Reed Shepard, for that matter. And I think those guys understand that, which is not not every credit again. Not every freshman can do that. Not every freshman can can look and say, I'm the best basketball player from my town ever. (laughs) I'm the best player on my AAU team ever. My coach has been telling me since I was six years old that I'm Michael Jordan. And they get to college and the guy's like, hey, you're going to come off the bench. And they're like, yeah, sure. No, it's not usually how this works. So to have two guys of this quality willing to do it is a massive help. But I do wonder, are we getting to that point in the season? 437-9680 on our UPS Jobs text line. Where are we with that for you as Kentucky fans, as observers of basketball, whoever you are? Are we getting to that point with the lineup? Because, and we talk about this a lot, the best teams, and especially Cal teams, get down to about a seven-man rotation. 
I'm not suggesting I want to be very clear that Edwards is out of that rotation. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not putting him on the bench altogether. But I wonder if this 20-minute thing is sustainable long-term if they want to get to the next level. And I think it's a fair question to start asking. What about when Thierro comes back? That's the thing. And once Adu's back, how do they split up those minutes or do they split up those minutes? Because Adu, man, that guy is quietly having the most solid season that I literally, if you, when he decided to come back, if you had given me an arc of how good he could be, he's near the top of the arc for what I thought he would be as a player. Because that's a good question. What happens when he comes back to this? And team? they miss him defensively. And you're not especially. wrong. That's what I'm getting at. He does those things that you don't. Yeah. It's, it's the other stuff, the right? The quintessential stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. They have two of those guys. Yeah. They have him and they have and they have Trey Mitchell. Trey and Mitchell. Trey Mitchell is the is the very best on this team at doing those things. But a dude's got, he's got length. He's got... He's willing to do those things on the defensive end. You're right, Zach. He is willing to do those things on the defensive end, in transition, et cetera, that don't stat, you know, especially on the scoring side. They're not going to show up on the scoring side. What happens when he comes back? So, I mean, you're going to have those seven guys, Bradshaw, Mitchell, Edwards, Wagner, Reeves, Shepard, and Dillingham. Those seven guys are going to play. What is that mix? What does it look like? But if you want to know what Cal really thinks, you don't listen to him talk. No offense to Cal. <laughs> You look at what he does. He played Trey Mitchell every minute except for 20 seconds last night. That tells you what he thinks about Trey Mitchell and how important he is to this team. It is still, by the way, worth mentioning, it is incredible that that guy fell into Kentucky's lap this year. (laughs) It's a remarkable thing uh, to be able to do there. But what happens with Thierry comes back? What happens with those things? Uh, I'll get into that with Gandolfo in the next segment. Let's go ahead and get to the text line, 437-9680, a Wednesday edition of the show here on Rabot & Co. Uh, thank you for being part of it. Um, Texture, I think Ed, uh, Thero is going to end up cutting into Edwards' minutes. I, I, I don't know if it's a cut into minutes or if it's a lineup change altogether. Right? I don't know if it's just a cut. I, th- I think it might be more than that. Texture, don't say your host, just say he walked and made a basket. <laughs> Look. I'm old. I agree with you, but that's not the rule. <laughs> it's not what the kids call it. I'm trying to be cool. Uh, Texter. Uh, I think Edwards takes away uh, from Reeves' minutes at the at the three where he needs to be and allow Shep and Dill more minutes. Yeah, you know, that's the other part of this is you've got a couple of guys who are in the same mold as far as what they do and what they contribute. And look, Antonio Reeves, by the way, got the memo. He's He rebounded like crazy last night. So clearly they emphasized rebounding in those meetings, right? They out-rebounded Missouri by 15 last night. That has not been happening. And Missouri's got some size. So it's not, you know, it's not something to me that would have been a guarantee even a couple of weeks ago. Texture, I think you keep as many players oiled up as you can. So when you get to March and might uh, rely on different guys, they're not rusty from not playing for a month. I think that's going to be one of the conundrums of this team because if I'm right, and no one's pushed back on the text line yet, and Rob Dillingham is like a sophomore Russ Smith, then at some point in the tournament, he's going to have a terrible game. Or the SEC tournament, or late in the season, or whatever. It's just not going to go. It's The ball's just not going to fall. And I think that's a totally reasonable thing to be prepared for. And the good news for Kentucky is they got other guys. They do. And this is a team that... You need to, at some point, figure out who your shot taker is at the end of a game. I think on some nights that's going to be Dillingham just because I, 
I would be a little surprised if he's endothermic because his ice in his veins. What a terrible joke. Daxter. Uh. <laughs> okay, so this is funny. All right. I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to bring this up or not, but I'm still texting Issel during these games, right? I want to get Issel's thoughts, make sure I'm not like way off on stuff. And, and he and I obviously disagree on things or, you know, once in a while, whatever. So we texted it. Would it be possible to get Issel to do Dykes analysis after UK games? If you listen to this show, I, all I did last night is I texted him, hey, Frack is back. <laughs> and Dan immediately texted, oh, frickin' Frack. Mentis <laughs> guy, Jimmy Dykes. Oh boy! For old frickin' frack, old frickin' frack, Issel dude, Issel, Issel, did two things when he was on this show, for sure. Number one, he nuked any chance of us getting anyone from the UK athletic department on this show. The second part was he nuked any chance of us getting ESPN announcers for these games outside of uh, oh my gosh, uh, oh who was we had an announcer on a couple times that did uh, about five of their basketball games to their. Uh, football games. If someone remembers who that was, please uh, go ahead. Jason something, I think. Uh, go ahead and text that in. Uh, Taxter Reeves is the leading scorer and could score now, even if his three-point shot isn't falling. We don't cut his minute. We don't cut into his minutes. I think I think he's one of those, not protected guys, but he's one of those guys I'm assuming is going to play 25-plus minutes the rest Reeves of the Reeves is playing at least 28 minutes a night. Yeah, I think 25-plus is a safe. Before. He's an all-SEC guy. I agree that he's that good this year. Yes. He's better this year than he was last year, and I'm surprised by that. Last year, if his three wasn't going down, he was not effective. Well, he's still scoring 19 points whether he's making a shot or not. The style of play is so much better for yes, him. He's it's not even a question. Oh, yes. no question. Uh, he's touching the ball in in rhythm all the time. It, like It is totally different than what happened for him last year. For so sure. who's Frick and who's Frack? Uh, Frick is... Uh, Frack is Dykes, yeah. and Frick is... Uh, Carl Ravage. Carl Ravage. You're not, not a big Dykes fan, are you? I didn't think they were bad last night, actually. They were tolerable. The problem with Dykes is he does the, well, I, I, was, I was having lunch with Cal. Yeah. And it's like, okay. He also has to remind you that he was a coach. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like vegans. You don't have to ask whether yeah, they're right, vegan. Right. They just tell you. Uh, Texter, I would play Edwards at the four and Bradshaw at the five more. That's the other thing that might be good because if you can force Justin Edwards inside more, and allow Bradshaw to play a little more freely, I wonder with the spacing that way if it couldn't work out better for UK. I agree with that text. Because I do think... Because then, does Mitchell move to the three in that scenario then? Or is he off the court? I think he would move to the three. I don't think you can take Mitchell off the court. The fascinating thing about Trey Mitchell is how much of a 3-4 tweener he is, right? Mm -hmm. And in the college... In the the pros, he's a three. In the college game, he's a 3-4. And I'm interested with him especially... Because he can't be off the floor. You're right about that. And Cal is showing you he's not going to be off the floor. Trey Mitchell's going to get minutes. He's going to lead the team in minutes. It's not going to be a question. Yep. And I mean, he had more. He had ten more minutes than the next guy. Last he's night. the most in a forty-minute game. Think about that. In a forty-minute game, that guy had ten more minutes than the next guy. That's insane. I mean, that is really, really fascinating. Uh, texter Jimmy Dykes blocked me on Twitter for saying him and Sean Farnham's voice sound similar. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that can't be the only reason. <laughs> I was going to say, there's no chance. The funny thing is, he had to search. Uh, he had to search his name to find the tweet. I don't at him. Oh God. That's what Dockets used to uh, do all the time. I think he still does. I had to do that once. I had to search my name once because I, I had a professional breakup with someone, and I wanted to make sure they weren't just bleeping all over my name. And were they, they were. Um, but 
I had to do that once, but then I saw other stuff and I was like, okay, never mind. I can't, I can't, I can't be that guy. I'm never searching again. I've never Googled my name don't, and I don't, don't plan do on it. Don't do it. Uh, it's extra Louie. This team is definitely fun to watch. I wonder how much impact uh, Tyler Eulis as a coach is having on this team and the young guards. They play uh, with an edge that he had and you got to love it and I enjoy the show. Thanks. Uh, great job as always. Thank you. Uh, that's our friends over at uh, Bluegrass Gifts over on Shelbyville Road. The um, uh, I just, with... The coaching does seem to be different this year. But I do think that I think that the personnel is more driving the changes than the coaching is. Um, Texter, can we get that CW guy to call all our games? Okay. I, that guy on the U of L game the other day, were you watching and listening? I was not listening. No. Okay. I've heard good things. My hand is near the butt dump button because I'm so excited. I, those guys, you would have thought it was a Final Four game. A must win here at the Yum Center between Pitt and Louisville. And you're like, is it? <laughs> must win to make sure you don't have a, a winless uh, conference season. Is that what we're doing? Man, oh, man. Uh, Texture, go Google yourself was a nice, I think, horse. Yeah, there we go. Horse, there you go. Yes, it was. Uh, Texture, uh, best lineup uh, for me is Wagner, Shepard, Reeves, Mitchell, and Bradshaw. Everyone can stretch the floor and open up the lane. Wagner, Shepard, Reeves, Mitchell, Bradshaw. You're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of that. That means Dillingham and Edwards are on the bench, um, but Shepard is in the game alongside Wagner. Yeah, I think you'll see that in the game a lot. I think what you're discovering, too, is that there are several players who are comfortable on the ball and being second or third off the ball, which is awesome, frankly. So, uh, Texter, awesome show, gentlemen. When a dude comes back, when a do comes back, it's funny what talk to text does turns a do into a dude uh when a dude comes back uh, he's definitely gonna need his minutes to get back um and he's uh, because he's awesome um we need that dude's physicality and his aggressiveness i do think he brings an element that other guys on this team don't zach just talked about that i agree uh text of the cw guy used to do studio work for the golf channel no way man really that guy in the golf channel that's awesome uh texter oftentimes uh ulis was the um was the first member of the staff to talk to players when they come to the bench. I, I'm not – look, I'm not downplaying it. If you told me that a part of the reason this team is successful this season is because they've changed how they coach during games, I would believe you because it's different than last year. It's better. It just as Let's take a break here. We'll get Gandolfo in here in his usual Wednesday spot. Uh, I'm Louis Rabot at Radio Louis. You can find our station at ESPN 680. As well, reminder, some programming around here. I actually have a paper promo sheet today. I feel very official. Uh, Louisville basketball does play Miami today. We'll get into that game in the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, they're at Miami tonight. 5.30 start for the pregame show on 93.9. High school hour, 6 o'clock on our air. Following round daddy at 6 o'clock on 90, or excuse me, on ESPN 680. 105.7. Mike Endoff on the other side from the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame show. We do it next here, ESPN 680, 105.7. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. Texter, any update on DJ Wagner transferring to Louisville? I'm Louis Rabot here. Rabot and Co. ESPN 680-1057. We'll go till noon. Bobby V after us. And, of course, roundtable 3 to 6 here. We'll go local 7 to 6 every weekday on ESPN 680-1057. Let's bring in Mike Gandolfo from the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post-game show. Uh, hanging out with uh, one Zach Cantrell after a 13-and-a-half-hour shift yesterday. Uh, did Zach have a bunch of coffee? Was he still uh, spewing takes last night, Mike? How'd it go? I think, you know, when I enter the room, I just bring the energy, and it just it's it's electric, and, and he, you know, that's all he needs. I'm a BBC little, is, a little BBC. Is done, you know? There it is. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. turned on right now. How about that? All right, so uh, Mike Gandalfo with us, at Big Mike Gandalfo. Uh, on Twitter, they get the win against Mizzou last night. Uh, Zach, what was your terminology? The no-headline win? Is that The no-headlines like? game, yes. Yeah, the no-headlines game. It was kind of just a um, get, get it done. I don't think people around the country are going to notice uh, too much just because uh, you know they, they beat the spread by a point, point and a half, whatever it was, and sort of did what was expected last night as far as the margin of victory. But what stood out to Mike? Uh, what was good? What was bad? Yeah, and I think that's probably what, for me, like I, I was called out last night for being a little too negative after the win. And um, because offensively, it just felt, from what we've seen from this team, just kind of blah. And honestly, you know, when blah is still scoring over 90 points and shooting over 50%, it's like, right, right. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty crazy to think that how much they've elevated that from that standpoint. So. Uh, they went out there and they did it, but you know, to me, there was just some glaring weaknesses on the defensive end, and I don't think that they're better. I think it's getting worse, and uh, and and so that's my biggest concern right now. And you know, it's one of those things where you can look at it as an individual game basis and say, you know, okay, they got the W. Maybe they weren't perfect on defense. They got some stuff to work on. That's that's great. Overall, I'm just looking at the track record of like where where's this team going and what does success look like for this team and are they going to be able to obtain it obtain it playing the way they are? There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of UK fans out there who think that they're just going to be able to go out and score whoever. Right. Um, and eventually, I think that catches up with you. I you know the the the, the uh, Texters last night were letting me know that you know. Houston's a really good defensive team, but their offense wasn't good enough to win last night. Well, I, I would go the other way. Sure. If Kentucky was a better defensive team, their offense was good enough to beat UNC Wilmington that day. If they were better defensively, they would have probably beat UNC Wilmington. And I just think if I'm going to build around one or the other, there's really no excuse to ever have in a bad defensive night mm. uh, where you could have a, an inconsistent offensive night or a bad offensive night. So. I'm a little concerned still about the defense, and we'll see how it goes. And they're going to continue to have, you know, they've got a fairly easier conference slate here at the beginning. But then when it ramps up, uh, it ramps up pretty hot and heavy, and and they're going to get tested. I mean, this is going to be a team. Cal even kind of alluded it to it uh, last night in his uh, some of his post game comments that they're going to drop a couple games in the conference. You know. Um, and they've got a young team, and they're going to continue to get better and better. And I think the one thing that's really um, uh, just exciting for me is that you can have guys who have off nights, and you're going to have other guys who step up and pick it up. I mean, Antonio Reeves broke his streak last night for making uh, – you know, didn't make a three last night for the first time, and I can't remember how many games it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Dillingham steps up and has a great – 
really a fishing game, even though he got in foul trouble and probably didn't get the minutes he he, he would have gotten. So, uh, so Mike Gandolfo with us. Can you give one example, two examples of things on defense that you're seeing? And if people don't if people don't know and are new to this segment or whatever, uh, Mike did coach uh, coach basketball for a long time. Uh, and so he, he <laughs> it's hard for Mike to just be a fan. He sees the game as uh, largely as it, through coaches' lenses. Um, what did you see on defense last night? Can you give people an example? It's mostly – well, number one, I think they were trying something differently. They kept on I think they were. Like they were trying to do this, this like, hot, this trap thing, and, but they never really fully committed to the trap, and then the rotations out of the trap were terrible. And, uh, you know, the, I, you look at that, actually, uh, what happened right before halftime. Uh, they kind of went off the trap the guy – and they allowed that diagonal pass, which should never happen. And, uh, I mean, it's like a cardinal sin for that diagonal pass to be completed where it was completed. And and, and then just the rotations outside of that. So And, and then we, we heard it a little bit, too. Like, Bradshaw feels like he's kind of doesn't know when to go help and when not to go help. And then the rotation that happens behind him if he does go to help. Everything just seems like it's a step slow or they're given, like, maybe six inches too much space. Uh, on these shooters. And we've seen that with Cal teams in the past. I mean, teams tend to shoot the three better than they've ever shot the three when they play uh, Kentucky, especially at Rupp Arena for whatever reason. So, um, you know, Reed uh, last night was giving the shooter a lot of space. And the first half, Missouri was hitting them. And maybe that was to Kentucky's benefit. They they hit them early, so they kept on shooting them, and they, they were ice cold in the second half. And uh, But at the end of the day, I mean, that to me, that Missouri team looks like – Looks like a bunch of guys that you would have seen run down the dirt bowl. Uh, not necessarily. It looked more like a pickup game kind of uh, group of guys that you just kind of throw together, and yep. uh, not necessarily like what you would expect out of a Power Five Division One college basketball team. Mike Gandolfo with us here. Uh, Rabo and Co. We got you till noon. Texter, we were at the game last night, and my buddy and I uh, had big money on UK minus eleven and a half. We want to commend the effort of diving on the ball on the floor for a ball with up thirteen with five seconds to go. We love the effort, go Cats. That's a great text. Uh, the uh, gambling will make you look at the game in a whole different light. Right. That's right. All right. So right before that, we haven't talked since. The Cats do go to Florida. They win a close game at Florida. Have to grind it out at the end. Uh, DJ. Uh, Reed Shepard has to dribble the ball out, make a bunch of free throws at the end of the game. I thought they grew up a lot during that game, Mike. We so, I think you literally watched Bradshaw from half to half make those uh, you make those adjustments, make those changes. I thought those things were very positive. I'm sure, though, that you hated the win, so what did you hate about it? No, actually, I love that win for it. And, <laughs> uh, kidding, yeah, yeah. and again, how gambling changes my perspective. I had the parlay with like this. Oh. I had UK, UK uh, beating the spread and then Reed over 11.5 points, and then the point total over. And if Reed doesn't dribble out and get fouled all that, then none of that happens. And so, um, you know, I, I loved it from that standpoint and hit a nice little parlay. Um, but at the same time, you know, I love the fact that they didn't play well against Florida, and they figured it out. Right. They got gutty. You know, they were in a pretty hostile environment. I loved that even though Bradshaw had a, the, you know, awful first half, he had a second half that got him SEC freshman of the week. I mean, that's insane. So I, I just uh, I do think that they made some serious progress there. And they, they, to me, that's a game at Florida that when they're in the thick of it in the NCAA tournament, they're going to be able to look back at that game and it's like, we did this before and be able to pull something out when everything's not going right. 
Uh, Texter, uh, Mike, the defense is what it is. It might get a little better, but the calling card for this team is going to go be go out and outscore the other team. Is there any chance that that's just true, Mike? No, I think it is true, but I don't okay. think you're going to win a title with that. Okay. And I don't know if you're going to make a Final Four with it. Got it. Okay. Uh, Texter, if Cal gave Mike a million dollars, he would complain it wasn't two. Uh, Texter, MAGA Mike is tired Probably of all true. the winning. <laughs> Texter. Um, uh, they're terrible at picking up cutters. They ball watch and not the man. Mike is right. The spacing on defense is terrible. Yeah. The, the, the cutter thing, the how, and then, you know, the cow things that we've always seen, it's like especially how they handle off the ball screens. Mm. And, um, they trail so much. I, I don't know why people just don't curl against cow teams left and right because I think um, if they were able to do that, especially in the teams that he's had where he hasn't had a legit shot blocker, you know, uh, I'd be curling off screens all the time. I don't assume that people who jump on this show are listening before they get on, but I talked a bit about just the Justin Edwards conundrum at this point. And and I got a text. I essentially said, how long do we go with Edwards in the starting lineup before you change anything? Is good enough good enough? Or does this team need to make a change to try to figure out what the next level can be? Um, I got a text from a buddy who said, Edwards is one of those guys. He's better if you go to the games than if you watch him on TV uh, and has full confidence that he'll develop into an even better player by the time they get to March. What says Mike Gandolfo about Justin Edwards and his trajectory this season? So this is actually a, a big point of conversation that we had after the Florida game because I thought uh, that Edwards probably deserved more opportunity than what he got, and I thought he played pretty well in that Florida game. Okay. And, uh, you know, would probably play better than what his stats showed. And then some of the the fans are, you know, wanting to see him not miss layups. So he was still three for six. He's still 50% from the floor. Uh, but they, you know, and we all agree that I think, and we saw a little bit of an attempt of it. We saw it actually from Antonio Reeves last night, and Bradshaw missed the big dunk. You know, just going to the rim angry, and uh, um, so I, I think the big thing for Edwards is he needs to really make the most of the opportunity he's getting now before Arrow comes back, because Arrow is going to get minutes, and I think this team right now, especially defensively, misses Arrow. I agree. And they're gonna, you know, they're gonna figure out where those minutes come from. And and Cal even kind of talked about this last night in his post game about like, you know, you want to play more. Well, who am I taking minutes away from? You know, he's got to figure out how that all spreads away. It spreads out. And if uh, if Edwards to me last night was kind of hidden, and uh, you know, he's got to make himself known a little bit more on the floor. Uh, I would probably agree with what that. T- I haven't seen him in person yet, but. I would agree that his game probably translates better when you're there in person mm-hmm. um, and you really see just what the specimen is. I, I mean, I just think the upside for that guy is just so Oh, it's so obvious. Big. Yeah, when he has the flashes, yeah. they're, they're, they're glaring flashes in the best way. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Mike Gandolfo with us at Big Mike Gandolfo on Twitter. He's on our Kentucky Fish and Wildlife postgame shows here. Make sure you check out the uh, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife homepage. Sign up for that 2024 elk draw uh, there today at the website. All right. I compared Rob Dillingham to a sophomore Russ Smith. Is that a fair comparison? Man, I kind of like the Russ Smith comparison overall. Um, yeah, I do like that comparison. I think that's, uh, you know, because he'll do some things that are just incredible. And, and, you know, he's obviously, he's way more talented than Russ Smith. Um, but, you know, Rob Rob Dillingham's a guy that you look at, like, that's an NBA player. Russ Smith was never that guy that you look at and say that's an NBA player. And and from uh, from Rob's perspective, he does you know just like with Russ, he would do things that drive some fans crazy, 
um, he would make plays that you're like, no, 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 yes, and uh, and he'll have some really bad turnovers. But you take the good, you take the bad, you take them all, and there you have yeah. uh, Rob Dillingham. I was saying so, he reminds me with Cal how Petito used to react to Ross, which was like, no, not oh, okay, that went in. No, no, no. Was, oh, he made it. You, know, like just, you could just see the the overall frustration of feeling out of control as a coach, and then you know turn around and Dillingham's got nine and you know in three minutes or something. And uh, and you know at the end of the day, uh, and it's starting to become more and more evident. Like if if probably if Kentucky's got to have a basket, he's probably the dude right now. You know, he's probably the guy that if you need to isolate someone, you know, Cal called him, and then we saw uh, Coach Gates call him last night, called him the best ISO player in the country. Um, if you need to isolate someone and, and make something happen, he's your playmaker. Everyone else really kind of operates better off the pass. All right, so they have won uh, 10 in their last 11. The one loss was Wilmington. Um, what is the – What is the? you know, if you are looking at this right now, Mike, and you've got your Mike Gandolfo yeah. glasses on, what is the seed for this team when they get to the tournament? I think they're going to be a three seed. Three, okay. Right. okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where they'll end up as being a three seed. And, you know, I, right now I'm probably still kind of where that um, – so elite three seed is probably. elite eight, right? Yeah, right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I, so, okay. <laughs> well, that's just out, if you're that's overperforming your seed, I guess if you're the elite, you know, you'd think that ones and twos would be. But yeah, but yeah, that's kind of where I feel like the ceiling for this team is. Yeah, uh, Texter. I think Edwards is comfortable as a role player, but I think Cal is also trying to feature him for the NBA. I got a little bit of a sense of that last night with Edwards. That there was, you know, Cal was. I, I, he's probably one of these guys, you know that in practice doesn't miss and whatever else. But, you know, when he gets to games, just whatever, whatever is going on. We were talking earlier to Mike um, and I'll, and I'll ask you about Antonio Reeves in a second, but he's probably just one of these guys that they, they know what they have with him and it just hasn't translated yet for whatever reason. Right. And so uh, the Edwards thing going forward will be interesting. How much better is this playing style for Antonio Reeves than it was last year? I, also, I mean, I think also that we've seen a lot of maturity out of Antonio Reeves. He's a lot better this year than he was last year, no? Yeah, he, he's better because – and I do think the style of play fits him. But, again, I think he is uh, – it's more about last year. I feel like he had – he felt like he had to do this stuff on the perimeter. They knew they had Oscar, but they really didn't know where the perimeter was going to come from. He probably put too much pressure on himself. And we saw that even in the Kansas game. And then when he figured out, oh, I got these other dudes around me that – right you know, I can rely on and I don't have to try. I can play within myself. That to me is when he started to flourish. All right. Uh, I will get you out of here on this. Give Cal a letter grade to this point in the season, 12 and two uh, in uh, their first 14. They do have the bad loss um, to Wilmington. They have the, I, I still think disappointing loss of having been up double digits against Kansas in the second half. Otherwise they have run the table and they are two and zero to start the conference letter grade for John. Cal Perry. Was impressive wins against Miami and impressive wins against North Carolina. And uh, so I, I'm with you. Um, yes. They, they, they yeah. have, I think the best set of wins of any team in the country right now. Um, so I would, I would give him, you know, the Wilmington loss, I think makes you not be able to get an A. I mean, I think that's okay. the bottom line. You can't lose the Wilmington and, be, and have an A season, but I think he's a solid BB plus. Okay. Right. Yeah. And the, and the, and the Wilmington. I've been on count a long time. That's 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 how praise comes for me. So. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Stoops' season this year, A plus. Stoops, man, you, A plus. I mean, good for Stoops. All right, he's Mike Gandolfo. Get him get out of here. <laughs> Build a statue, all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, 
No, it was, you know, what did we say? Did I say a C plus, C, C kind of the end of the year? It's kind That's of still just because time. I feel like there was a lot left that they could have done. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to learn a lot about how good Coach Stoops is um, over the next three seasons. Oh, I think we'll know a lot this fall for sure. Um, the only yeah, good sure. uh, this, this year coming up is going to be big time for them. Big time. Uh, the only Stoops uh, statue idea I've heard that I agree with is that if they build it, it should be a Cardinal Stadium. That's. <laughs> they should just rename that field. It's <laughs> the only one I've heard. Oh man! All right, good he stuff. Own it, right? What's that? Doesn't he own that field? He owns that field, right? I, I, I think he does. <laughs> That's how rivalries work, isn't it? Mark Stoops Field at L and N Stadium. How about that? <laughs> Let's see how many U of L fans we could piss off. Mark said, or, uh, Mike said that uh, that Russ Smith was never a pro prospect, and I just put Mark Stoops statue at all in that. Well, he ne- but he never was. I mean, no, no, he never was considered a pro prospect, right? I mean, I don't think that that's not a hot take. I mean, that's that's just reality, right? You know, I still think, by the way, since I moved here in 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 oh nine, he's he had the best college career since I moved here. I don't, in the area, I don't think it's close. Maybe yeah, because all the Kentucky guys are only here for a year. No, right? that's right. Like Maybe Jackson never, Davis at Indiana, yeah. but I th- I would take Russ. I would take Russ's career in a second over his. Oh my gosh, not even close. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis's career was pretty solid though. Oh, he was awesome, uh, but I would take I would take Russ Smith in a second. I think he was. I think he's been the best multiple season player here since I moved here for sure. <laughs> so yeah, I mean you you might be right. Yeah. Dear God, more three more years of Stoops coming down on the text line. Oh, oh, y'all got Stoops for a while. <laughs> don't, don't, that dude ain't going anywhere. <laughs> they got, no, they got that tied up, man. That ain't yeah, changing. He's, he's, he's retiring from Kentucky. I mean, I, you know, I think we got to get really used to that. All right. Well, uh, Mike, I got my FOIA request response for scan tickets to the pit game. So we're going to open the next segment with that. How many people do you think went to the pit game? Uh, the season low so far was Pepperdine, 4,313. I uh, I didn't even really pay attention at all to the Louisville Pit game, so I have no idea how many fans were there. Did you not hear the announcers on the CW acting like it was a Final Four game, calling it a must-win? I heard that I heard something about the announcers on the CW, but I heard it was more about, hey, this team expects to be in Final Fours and not, not have eight wins kind of thing or something like that. So that's the thing I heard about the CW announcers. But the, uh, you know... I don't know. I mean, Pitt's terrible, and they still crush Louisville. And you know, I I don't think that Louisville fans are. What are What are you going to do? I mean, the, the the real sad thing is how uh, how apathetic they've become, right? So I mean, that's yeah, that's correct. They just don't even care anymore. Right. I mean, that's that's a real sad state. I I've told this story many times on this air that I don't guide my kids toward who to root for, and I've got an 11 year old son who doesn't. I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch the Louisville game. He doesn't even bother to come watch it. I mean, just right. he knows they're so uninteresting in Kentucky. Frankly, for a kid his age, is a lot more fun to watch. And for, um, by the way, kids of any age, including me, it's just a lot more fun to watch. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, Mike, we appreciate you, buddy. We'll get you out of here. Hi, bud. Talk All right, bud. Yes, sir. Mike Gandolfo from the Kentucky, uh, the Kentucky Fish and Wildlife post game shows at Big Mike Gandolfo on Twitter. Um, I would like to see more people yelling at Mike on Twitter rather than just on. Um, on this, uh, to start the numbers because uh, we're going to do it next segment. Four three seven nine six eighty. Scan tickets for the pit game. Um, the season low was Pepperdine forty three thirteen. Um, I will give a hint. It is higher than forty three thirteen. How about that? Uh, we will do uh, FOIA stuff next. Reminder: some programming here at the station uh, as well. I don't need to look for an email. I can just pick this up. Uh, we're going to have matzo pie today, which is awesome. They're going to drop off some pizza, some focaccia bread, those salads, maybe even some cookies. You can head out to their Anchorage location for a unique dining experience. You can visit them in Douglas Loop and in Butchertown 
as well. They've got those 1020 craft brews at all those locations. And check out that delicious brick oven handmade pizza on the other end. For your request, we talk about it next. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. I'll let that go. Oh. Oh. Let's do a man sing. Listen to the, listen to the crooning. What delicious thing. <laughs> Texter. I can never remember does Mike hate Cal or Stoops? <laughs> Oh, man, I do. Um, we're getting to the point now that I hang out with Gandolfo enough. Louis Rabot, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you, Rabot and Co. ESPN 680, 105.7. We got you till noon. I, I just, I, I'm, I, part of me is rooting for Kentucky to win it all just so Gandolfo has to sit in it. Like, it would oh, be I fun, can't, right? That's, like, what, that's what I want. <laughs> do you want to rule the world? I want to rule the world. I don't think I do. I could rule the world. <laughs> Texter, call it Buttermilk Grounds at Ellenhead Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Oh man, uh, Texter, there's a portion of U of L fans that aren't as or aren't apathetic, but just don't say anything because the only things they say that we can say are negative. It would be negative about Kenny. The fact that he was a highly thought of championship alum handcuffs a lot of fans from even being involved in all the negativity. I I think there are a lot of people like that, I, and you know I, yeah. I know a lot of U of L fans in this town that they. Uh, they all say very similar, not all, but many of them say very similar things, which is, yeah, I really like Kenny, but this, you know, it's just, it's so, just not happening. It's so awkward when you hire an alumni. I'm sure it was the same yes. thing at Georgetown when they hired Patrick Ewing. He was yep. only the greatest player in the history of Georgetown basketball, and they don't want to destroy his legacy by, you know, firing him and everything, but they really didn't have a choice by the end. Right. So, yeah, interested. Um, I mean, interested in this in this UK team in the in the lineup and, and different things, and it's it's fun to talk lineups and those kinds of things and X's and O's and talk defense and scheme and diagonal passes and different things coming down on the text. And we get a ton of text when Mike's on, uh, which is the funny thing. And so, no, I, I appreciate that we get to have actual sports conversations rather than big picture conversations. Yes. big picture is fun, but at some point you get exhausted. That's why I like doing the UK post game. I'm show. sure because we could actually you know talk about the thing that actually. What did you on talk about on LSL last night? Uh, a lot of transfer portal stuff. But okay, they football did talk, time. And coaching search. Okay. But they did talk a lot about how many games is Louisville going to win the rest of the season? Like, yeah. are, we gonna, are they going to win a game in January? All that kind of stuff. Um, Taxter, what other school would allow their football or pay their football coach $9 million and allow him to win seven games a year without firing him? Is UK the only one? No, it's not the only one. I understand the Texter and the thing, and I've been very, I think, consistent about this. 
Stoops at this point is not a performance-based on-the-field coach. He is an economic coach. And that stadium is full, and they don't get thoroughly embarrassed against very bad teams anymore. And, and, and at some point, Mitch Barnhart decided that's what he wanted. That's it. That's what he wanted, and it's okay to say um, it's not – I'm not being negative. It's just it is what it is. Um, I did say before the break I would give out the uh, attendance number – from the FOIA request with Pittsburgh, we did have a couple come down. 4,712 came down on the text line. Uh, 5,500 came down on the text line. We had a bunch in between there. What says Zach C? How many people? I'm going to say... Again, 4,313 was the attendance for Pepperdine. 4,317 for Arkansas State. It is higher than those numbers. 4,854. 4,854. Okay. It's actually over 5,247. 5, wow. Okay. Um, how sad... That we're saying, oh my gosh, they went over 5,000 scan tickets. Yeah. Did you um, see some? I need to look now just to, and I'm not picking on them. I'm just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up how many they said were at the game. Go ahead. So somebody tweeted, have you beaten a Ken Palm top 200 team? Like, have you seen all those memes where there's two big bubbles or whatever? It's like, okay. yes, of course. We're high majors. So that's like every other program in America. LOL, no. It's two of them. DePaul and Louisville. Poor DePaul beats Louisville. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And they still, so yeah, Louisville's not good enough to be a Ken Palm top 200 team, so DePaul still doesn't have any. <laughs> yeah. Ken, <sighs> so for us, just Kenny Payne setting records. <laughs> Evergreen. I love how salty Sofro is. We get it, Sofro. We get it. You have, you have nothing going on. We get it. Yeah, we get it. Um, right. So the Bears didn't fire their head coach, but they fired their offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach. Oh, that'll solve everything. Yeah, because, you know, they're basically <laughs> – oh, so you failed we, we, you failed Justin Fields. you got Fields, a Bears fan behind coach. you, so, yeah. No, the uh, – man, the NFL. We got to get into this Vrabel stuff because I, if I'm in the Tennessee market and I find out there was a chance they could have gotten any draft picks yeah. at all instead of just firing the guy and then whatever, I, buy I out and blah, blah, blah. I, I'll – Now's as good a time as any, unless it's in Bologna or Salami. It's not. Okay, go ahead then. I absolutely hate this move. I I think, and not just because I'm friends with Variable and I've known him for a really long time. He's a very good coach. Here's the, the wait, fact. Wait, that, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, go wait, on. Wait, wait. Go on. Did you just say I'm friends with Mike Vrabel? I Somewhat. I interviewed him recently, and I've worked his football camp for a lot of years. He knows who I am, all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't say we're like dear friends. So you worked at his football camp? Yes. If he saw you, he'd say, hey, Zach? Yes. Go yes, ahead. Yes, he would. Go ahead. No then. question, he would. Go ahead, then. So, Go ahead. So Vrabel's record, 54. Had, had to ask, you understand, yes, I'm sure. Okay. Yes. So his record's 54 and 45, right? And I realize last two years haven't been good, but here's a stat for you. So Mike Vrabel's teams have been an underdog 26 times. He's 14 and 12. Not against the number, straight up. 14 and 12, straight up. He took a roster to the AFC Championship game that had no business being in the AFC Championship game. He took a roster that had no business being a number one seed to a number one seed back in 2021. They traded their best offensive weapon in A.J. Brown, so they have absolutely nobody to throw to outside DeAndre Hopkins. Derrick Henry's getting washed up at this point. Their defense is fine, but it's nothing spectacular, and they always seem to pull off upsets against good teams. They beat the Dolphins. They've just knocked the Jaguars out of the playoffs. They've beaten the Chiefs multiple times since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback. The Titans organization is the problem. The GM is the problem. The owner's the problem. Mike Vrabel's not the problem. He's going to get another coaching job, whether it's in New England or whether it's somewhere else. But the Titans firing Mike Vrabel for just personnel decisions or for disagreement, I think it's weak sauce. Vrabel's a good coach. So you know Mike Vrabel, huh? I do. 
about that? I'm not. I'm not going to go Stephen A. I'm not like Mike Vrabel's a dear friend of mine. <laughs> we have hung out together several times. We're not not not, not to that point. Oh, which man. is ironic because I hate the Patriots, and Vrabel, of course, was he's the greatest receiver in NFL history too. Do you know that? <laughs> I, I do know that he had 12 catches in his career, and all 12 <laughs> of them were touchdowns. Uh, I have multiple texts, obviously, coming since you said that your buddies with Vrabel. Um, and boy, the, here comes the text line, 4379680. Do you have this interview? Yeah, I still have it. Do you know you work on a show that's like in in a million-plus person market from 10 to noon? On, yeah. On, with, has ESPN as part of the call letters? Like, you know that that happens? That's right. And you have this interview from a guy who just got canned, who's probably going to be the coach of the most recent successful dynasty in the NFL yeah and you you just kept the sound to yourself I've had the sound for a couple months now I played it on air whenever I uh, interviewed him that was back in October what show uh I just recorded then I put it in bonus hour eventually and I think I put it I had it on the drive at one point so you played it on bonus hour wait 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 Yeah, it exists. Okay, Zach sounds like Stillman. Texter Zach (laughs) EC is becoming Jared Stillman with the I'm kind of friends with Rabel, what a whopper. Ask Zach if he's also friends with Megan Rapino. is a good text. Do you know that sound? I do not know that. Look up the Megan Rapino sound with uh, with with Stillman. It is that good. Oh, uh, texture. Oh, I'm man. not friends with Megan Rapino, by the way. I know, but you need to look up the sound. <laughs> I promise you, it's life changing sound. Texture. Oh man, <laughs> I would love to hear Zach and Stillman debate about Frable. Um, you, they actually agree. That's what's funny is on the previous show, Stillman was on from Nashville, and he's like, "The GM's a bum. Frable's was the best coach in the in the league two years ago. I would have moved on. He's not doing the right things, but still, it's not it's not him that's the cause of the issues." Uh, they're in Nashville. Oh, man. I know Mike Vrabel. What a beautiful. I've got the sound if you want to play it. Oh, the Rapino sound? Yeah. Oh, let's go. As someone who considers themselves a friend of Megan Rapino's, <laughs> I would just like to say there is nobody who has more class on the pitch than she does. So Wait, I'm let's very... back up. Let's not bury the lead. How are you a friend of <laughs> Megan Rapino? I mean, I'm cool. She's cool. We got along. We're cool. Where did you get cool? At the Women's Final Four. A couple years ago, we were hanging out in Dallas. Okay. All right. So go. Okay. That was, you can't just lead with that. She's cool. I'm cool. So it was, you know, her and, uh, it's, you know, now out there, her and Sue Bird, the basketball player, are an item. And uh, at the Women's Final Four, my UConn friends and Sue Bird's crew, and we were all hanging out and spent a lot of time with Megan Rapinoe. Uh, as I was doing lunges in a bar to show how flexible my pants were. Um, really, really, really think she's an awesome person. <laughs> lunges in my pants to that, see. I, I know that part of the sound is coming every time, and I still lose my bleep. I'm doing every lunges. T- <laughs> <laughs> I'm hanging out with she's the people. She's cool. I'm cool. <laughs> Yeah, there great. are so many isolatable sounds in that sound so great. that are just so fantastic. My God. Oh, the stretchy pants, though, dude. <laughs> She's cool. I'm cool. It just crushes me every time. God, that's great sound. Oh, bologna or salami next.